it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In 2023, the records continue to tumble for one man. Here is Max Verstappen. The consecutive win record is about to be rewritten at this great monument to motor racing. We are witnessing something that no one has ever seen in the entire history of Formula One. A landmark for Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen wins 10 Grand Prix in a row to take the all-time record. Not too bad. Not too bad. Well done, guys. <laughs> Another win. Unbelievable. Max, that is mighty. Ten races in a row. You're on your own, mate, now. That's uh, that's history. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well done. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a nice stat. Welcome, everybody, to the Monza paddock and to F1 Nation after a quite brilliant Italian Grand Prix. My name's Tom Clarkson, and I'm joined on the show this week by Italian journalist Roberto Cincaro and Jesus Balsero from Diario AS in Spain. Now, this race had it all. A Ferrari on pole, wheel-to-wheel racing, and a history maker. So let's kick off the show by hearing from the man himself, Max Verstappen. Max, very well done. Ten wins in a row. No one has ever done that before. What does this record mean to you? Yeah, I think, of course, it's something you don't expect to happen. Um, yeah, I never thought in the beginning of the season that something like this was possible. So very proud also of you know, the whole team effort the whole year already. I mean, what we are doing at the moment, you know, winning every race this year is something that uh, we definitely are enjoying because I don't think these kind of seasons, you know, they come around very often. And uh, that's the same, of course, with winning uh, 10 in a row. Bring it back to the race then. Um, we saw some really good racing today, better than we've seen at other racetracks. Why do you think that was? I think in, in general, it's still hard to pass around here. I think up at the front, it was also because we were behind them. So we were faster and we had to pass. Um, so I don't know. I don't, maybe, I don't think it's track specific. Also, you know, here in Kolfang, sometimes you can maybe jump one or two places, but then the race drop back. So that then naturally, of course... Um, creates more overtaking or at least a chance of possible fights. So I don't think it's always the track. All right. Singapore next. How do you see that race? A little bit more difficult, I think, for us. Um, but we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll do our best. And, uh, of course, we'll try to, of course, go in there and, and try to win it again. But uh, it's not, let's say, I think the, the, going to be the strongest weekend uh, for us. Wow. Just what a race. But also... What a performance by Max Verstappen. He doesn't start on pole, yet he delivers once again, Roberto. Absolutely, yes. What we are watching, uh, especially this year, is a guy that is still very young and he has uh, the, the, the speed, the typical of the young driver, but he has a lot of experience. The way he managed today the, the, the first 10 laps, 12 laps, behind, say, behind Carlos Sainz, was something that honestly surprised me a lot because he waited the right moment 
he went no pressure at all. Ah, a bit of water or was that Red Bull? We're joined by <laughs> Christian Horner. Now, Christian, we're just eulogizing about Max. He's done it. He's got the record. You know, other drivers have won championships. Other drivers have won races. But yeah. he's the only man to have done 10 on the bounce. Look, it's, it's a phenomenal achievement. And I think, um, you know, we did it with Seb. And uh, to win nine with Seb, and, you know, they shared that record for one week. And Sebastian will be the first to congratulate him, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, you know, to do 10 in a row is insane, particularly when you look at the competition and the quality of the drivers and everything that we're competing against. So uh, a special moment for Max, a special moment for the team. And uh, you know, we, we're riding a wave at the moment that we just want to keep, uh, keep it going. Were you nervous at any point in today's Grand Prix that it wasn't going to happen? Well, uh, I mean, Ferrari, uh, you know, Carlos defended like he was in a Ferrari in Monza, um, which you would expect. And so that was tough, but it was tough. It was hard racing. And to win it that way, you know, with Max and then for Checo as well to make that, uh, you know, past George, then, then Charles, then Carlos was a great drive from him as well. Christian, watching Max looks like he's a, a guy of 35 years old. No mistake. I don't remember the last mistake he did. Is this one of the key of this fantastic season? Absolutely. I think Max is just operating at, at such a high level that, uh, you know, he's, you can see he has everything under control. But, uh, you know, the Ferrari was fast today. It was fast on the straight. It was tough to overtake. And, uh, you know, congratulations to them. They, they put up a really hard fight. The way he put pressure on Sainz was typical of the long experienced driver. Yes. When you think he's 25, you see, yeah. how yeah, is yeah. possible? No, he was just, just pushing, pushing, trying to get uh, Carlos to use his tyres. And, uh, you know, he's uh, almost like a predator in that situation that he hunts, he, you know, he hunts them down. And I think uh, he did that today and, and deserves all the praise that he uh, gets for this, this result. Do you think Singapore will be a little bit harder than it was here? For sure. You know, it's a completely different circuit, street circuit. You know, other cars will be... Uh, competitive there for sure so um, for sure it'll be a big challenge Christian thank you thank you <laughs> I love what you're saying about Max acting older than his years but equally he's been karting since he was eight he's been in Formula One since 2015 are we that surprised I, I think was uh, when they announced Max I remember that I read the press release a couple of times because I was not sure that was uh, a third driver or was a race driver. When I understand it was a race driver, so these people is crazy. They are putting the car, guys, that is 17 years old. And uh, it was something strange. Not only because he was absolutely young, because he just drove one year in single-seater. Normally, we see people that is doing Formula 4, Formula 3, Formula 2. He swapped from karting to Formula 3, from Formula 3 to Formula 1. And in September, he was in October, was in Suzuka for FP1. So there was a lot of people was watching what, what, what this guy is doing. When we saw him in Suzuka, I said, OK, this guy is 17, but we have to say that he's ready. Now, Red Bull have won 24 of the last 25 races. Do you think they can do the clean sweep and win every race this year? It's the George Russell prediction, this one. I remember in Bahrain, after the first race, in the press conference, he said, look, this guy are going to win every race this year. Well, we smiled, oh, come on, George. <laughs> I don't think it's happened. But uh, I think they can. 
honestly, they, there are not critical points. Reability is fantastic, race management is fantastic, strategist is fantastic, Max is fantastic. Honestly, I think it's possible. I start to believe that it's possible. Significantly for the team, I felt Checo Perez was back on form this weekend. This is what he had to say in the post-race press conference. It was all the way through uh, fighting, basically. First getting through through George, which uh, was not very easy. Had to, to take the escape road into turn two a few times. Once I managed to clear him, the team told me to box, but at the same lap, Carlos boxed, so I decided to stay out thinking that we can extend a little bit more, build a bit more of a tile delta, but then we were in the risk of uh, undercut to, to George, and uh, we end up behind the Ferraris. And uh, once Charles had the DRS from, from Carlos, it was very hard to, to put him on pressure. Um, around 10 or 11 laps, uh, he lost the DRS from Carlos, and that really made my race, you know, when I was able to pass. I had some contacts, like, I think, into turn four, uh, I had no no space, and we, we end up touching. Uh, luckily, there was no damage for any of us. Um, and then with, with Carlos as well, it was another very tight fight, uh, but as expected for, for those positions. You came into the weekend wanting to have a clean weekend. You've come away with a podium. Just how pleased are you with how it's all gone? Very pleased, but uh, we had a, a terrible Saturday in terms of uh, the issues we had in P3 with the car and really put us back in, in qualifying. So I think we could have had a, a better starting position, which definitely will have put us a lot closer in the fight for, for victory. But certainly we made a lot of progress, which is a positive thing. Uh, I think we've done very good setup directions and um, some some work with the, with the suspension as well. And I'm able to feel quite a lot more comfortable. Max thinks Singapore is going to be slightly harder for you guys than this weekend in, in Italy. Uh, you won there last year in Singapore. Just, can we get your thoughts? I think so. I agree with Max. I think it's going to be um, a weekend where basically anything can happen and hopefully we are able to have a, a very strong Saturday because if you don't start in the front row, uh, it's very unlikely that you will have a shot at, at the victory. So hopefully we can repeat what, what we did last year there. Roberto, do you agree with me when I say Checo's back. I felt that was his most convincing weekend for yeah. a while. Absolutely, yes. This weekend, he surprised me in a positive way. It was only P P6 or P5 in qualifying, I don't remember well. But just because the team had to change the engine after FP3, so he, he was with an old engine, and he had not the chance to try the soft tires. So the first time he used the soft tires was in Q3. Of course, the feeling was not fantastic, but I... I was expecting him strong in, in the race today, so I'm not surprised. Uh, I, I appreciate the way he managed the, the fight with Ferrari. He tried, he didn't do any mistake, he waited the, 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 the right moment, and the way he passed uh, Leclerc and Sainz was very intelligent. He changed the line in Parabolica, he had the better speed at the exit, uh, so I think a very good weekend. I think the team is happy. Uh, honestly, if you see his face, that normally when the driver finished P2 behind his teammate is not very happy. But he was happy because I think he's back. Do you think drivers perform better at some tracks than others and that Monza is a sort of Checo-style track? You remember he got that podium back in 2012 and he always goes pretty well here, doesn't he? I tell you, I, I, the first remember I have about Checo was a race of Formula 3 here in Monza. I think was a, a race of British F3 
here in Monza, and he was very, very fast. He always performed well on this kind of track. It's a kind of stop and go, you know, break, big break, long straight, parabolic. I, I think it's one of the places he, he loves more. And uh, you understand that watching the free practice one. When the guy has a good feeling with the track, you always see in the first practice session. Claire takes third place in the Italian Grand Prix, but he's locked up to give another opportunity to Sainz, who cranks on the steering wheel, looking for the line. The Michael oh, Wintels, how did he not make contact with his teammate there? I, I feel that I've just seen a ghost car. You know, the wheels, they must have been so close to touching. Sainz has the inside line. Will he have the position? Lock up. Oh, they nearly made contact again. This is really aggressive stuff from the two teammates. Guys, practice hold. And no risk, no risk, race until the end, no risk. And the Ferraris are scrapping all the way to the line. Unbelievable stuff. And it was one-tenth of a second between third and fourth for Sainz and Leclerc after a brilliantly intense Italian Grand Prix. Carlos, coming to you now, what a place to take your first podium of the season. Pressure all the way. What's your overriding emotion when you look back on it all? Yeah, obviously very, very happy, you know, because happy three in Monza in front of the Tifos is uh, as good as it can get, at least for this weekend, because clearly the Red Bull were in the end quite a bit quicker than us today, as we expected. It was a day to try, and I tried everything I could to keep them behind, especially that first stint in front of Max probably nearly cost me a podium because it meant that I was wearing a lot of my tires and using the tires more than probably what I would have liked and uh, making me very vulnerable towards the end of the stints and uh, always under a lot of pressure by Max first, then Checo, then Charles. And uh, yeah, in the end I could make it on 2 by 3 because uh, we made it, but it was uh, a tough one, a very tough one. Was there any moment in that first stint when you had Max behind you that you thought, hang on, I can win this? Yeah, halfway through it, I felt like I had it fairly under control, but I, then I think I, around lap 12, lap 10 to 12, I started feeling the rear left tire keeping up a lot, like a lot earlier than I would, uh, I would have expected. No, and, and at that point I realized I had used my tires too much and I probably, to keep Max behind, I had just uh, wear that, uh, that left, rear left tire too much and that I was gonna suffer a lot for the rest of the race because it was gonna probably make me box early into a, into a hard tire and then the second stint was going to be very long no and it's exactly what happened and my feeling was correct but yeah honestly I didn't expect to to degrade so much but uh it was clear that I was pushing very very hard to keep them behind probably harder than what the car were or, or what I should have done can we talk team orders what were you told prior to the race about battling with Shell because it got pretty spicy at the end no we obviously knew uh, that the car that is in DRS is always going to be feeling like it's the quicker car, but we know that around this track, once you get into that DRS, uh, you feel quicker, and, and we knew that. But at the same time, we know we were both fighting for a podium in Monza, so there was always going to be a bit of a, of a fight, a bit of a battle. Um, in the end, we kept it clean. There were a couple of uh, nice moves here and there, tight battles, but um, I think today, honestly, I enjoyed battling Max, battling Checo, Battling Charles, I think it was a good day for F1, as you said, a good show. And I just did everything I could to stay in front and, and it worked. Roberto, let's move on to Ferrari now. Yes. You are a Tifosi. 
You grew up here in Monza. You used to cycle to the track. You've told me stories of that. What does it mean, first of all, to Monza, to the Tifosi, to see Ferrari back up there at home? Yeah, absolutely fantastic for them. I, I've seen today uh, a full grandstands. Probably the, <laughs> the Carlos Paul position is called Saturday was probably the last call that Ferrari did to the Tifosi and today the, the, the circuit was full. I think it's very important because in Italy Ferrari is kind of religion. Uh, I think there is a small part of people, it's not like UK. UK you have the big basis motorsport fan. The, here in Italy the big base is Ferrari fan. And then you have another couple of people that are motorsport fan. So absolutely fantastic. I think that uh, Ferrari achieved a great result. Everybody knew that is impossible to fight to, to beat Red Bull this year. I think was the maximum possible today was P3, P4, and to see a, a guy on the podium and the pole position yesterday, I think was the best possible for Ferrari. Well, Carlos has just said this was his best weekend for Ferrari. Yes. Would you agree with him? Yeah, yeah, I think yes because yesterday in qualifying, first set of soft after all the free practice, Q1, Q2, he was faster than 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 Charles. Q3, first set of soft. Charles was, I think, less than a 10 close to him. And it's something we have seen a lot of time during other, other races, that the final set of tires, you see Charles that is overtaking his teammate. So he was under pressure, uh, but his reaction was perfect yesterday. He managed very well the qualifying. And today, I think he managed best way possible in the race. Of course, he did a lockup in the first chicane, but the pressure of Max was very high. How impressed were you by what he did in that first stint to keep Max behind him? It was not easy, eh? because uh, Max was very aggressive. Max, Max is clean and aggressive at the same time. I think he was uh, watching Red Bull in the two mirrors sometimes because Max is moving behind. So uh, it was not easy. Uh, everybody was watching him. I think the pressure is very high. Probably is the, the first weekend when, uh, when he was Ferrari driver number one because this weekend it was all, all the session faster than the show. Are you surprised when he's faster than show? No, not surprised. I think in terms of, uh, term of job, he's a, he's a top driver. Fred said, I was not su surprised because I've seen the way he, he prepared this weekend. So it means that he's working a lot at home and in the factory. Uh, but at the same time, some, uh, he was missing a little bit the, the killer instinct, you know, that Charles has, is a natural attitude. This weekend, I think he proved that he's, he can be a top but driver. Have they, have they developed the Ferrari more towards Carlos? Because he had a good weekend in Zandvoort last weekend. I feel Charles has been misfiring a little bit with this car now, whereas Carlos seems completely confident in it. Yeah, he looks like he has a better feeling. I agree with you. The same happened uh, last year with, uh, uh, with Charles. I think the gap between the two drivers is not... Uh, big as uh, people think for a long time. I think it's a smaller. It's a good use for Ferrari because it, it means that you have a good twin. We have seen today, last four, five laps was uh, a, big, <laughs> a, bit, <laughs> a bit stressful for Fred Vasseur and for the people at the pit wall. I think it was a good message to, to keep the guys free to drive. Don't take any risk, but it was a good measure for the sport and for the people. And you cannot imagine uh, a team order in that moment is that a new Ferrari strategy? Would Binotto have let them race like that? I, I think the day they 
coming back to fight for the championship, uh, everything can change. But today was, uh, honestly, I appreciate a lot. It was risky because uh, at some point, uh, uh, Charles has a couple of lot cap. I, I say, oh, oh my God, they are. It was risky, but it's, I think it was a good message. And you cannot ask uh, Charles uh, stay behind your teammate because I think in terms of feeling it's not... Uh, I'm sure that tonight it's, there is a better atmosphere in the team. With a team order, probably the atmosphere was not the same. Well, they did try a team order, didn't they? When they said, OK... Yeah, it's a, <laughs> a, please, I, we would like to have the car in the park for me. <laughs> so P3, P4 is absolutely a good result for them in this moment. But I say, I think it was the right call. Well, look, we've heard from Carlos. Let's hear from Charles now. To be honest, I feel good. I mean, OK, we... I miss the podium, but Carlos is on it anyway, so a Ferrari is on there. And I would have been disappointed if it was a boring race and we just finished fourth, uh, like we did now. But uh, at the end, it was really, really fun. I mean, um, I enjoyed it a lot. I am sure many people did not enjoy that. Uh, I mean, the guys on the pit wall, I think, they had a one heart attack or two. Uh, the Tifosi probably also, but um, for me, this is Formula One and uh, this is... Uh, what it should be all the time. With Max, I've had this kind of fights in the past. Uh, today was with Checo and Carlos. We, I think, all were at the limit of the regulation, whether it was defending or attacking, and um, that's exactly how I enjoy racing. So yeah, it was it was fun. Congrats to Carlos. He's been really on it since the first lap in FP1. But I'm, I'm happy today. You mentioned that the team on the pit wall might have had a heart attack. Did you have a bit of a heart attack when you locked up both front wheels into turn one right at the end? I mean, I was round the outside. I did not expect uh, Carlos to come back a little bit on the left, but it was part of the, of the, of the fight. Honestly, I, I really enjoyed it. So um, I cannot complain. I, I was fine. I mean, I think I had a smile in the car. Uh, it was exciting, tiring at the end with a lot of corrections, but it was uh, fun again. And how huge is this a result for the team? Because it's been such a tough season. I know it's not the wins and the P2s, but in front of the home crowd and a strong result that you've had for a long, long time. Yes, um, at least a podium here is uh, really good for the team. I'm sure the Tifosi really enjoyed it, so that was uh, good. Can you just explain finally, Roberto, why you think Carlos is quicker at the moment than Charles? I think it's just a question of feeling. And I tell you, also the setup of the car, what Charles did Friday night was to copy part of the setup that Carlos used in FP1 and FP2. And uh, probably also his technical knowledge is, is good. He's, he's, a, he's a guy that always works hard on the technical side. And uh, probably now the car is, is the, the best feeling he has now in the car. And he had not at the start of the season. Well, let's bring in our Spanish correspondent now, Jesus. We're just talking about Carlos and Charles. What will Carlos have taken from this weekend? I've seen one of the strongest weekends from Carlos, not only the race, especially from Friday. It's one of those weekends that you see that Carlos is on it. Everything he does is, is working. Qualifying was awesome. Maybe his best qualifying in Formula One, but the race was, was superb on his defensive way. He had to defend from Max, he had to defend from Checo, then he had to defend from Schalen in a very aggressive way, on the limit, maybe over the limit sometimes, because it's quite dangerous when two teammates go that far for, for a third place that would have been a disaster if the two of them crash. It's maybe the, the strongest race from Carlos since he joined Ferrari, and it's also interesting that Ferrari can see a leader in Carlos. Of course they had a leader in Schalen, but they need to see a stronger driver on Carlos' side, and, and for once, I'm pretty convinced that they have seen that. 
That's a really interesting point. Do you think Carlos Roberto is more of a natural leader than Charles? I think he has the attitude. And for Ferrari, it's a good news. But of course, the day you are going to fight for the world champion. Remember, in 2013, Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton were best friends because the car was not fighting for the championship. 12 months later, they start to have a lot of problems because when you have the faster car, you know that if you want to win the championship, you have to beat your teammate. And that is the moment where the relationship starts to break. But at the moment, considering that Ferrari is not in that position, it's a good news for them to have two guys, two leaders, two guys that are pushing in the same direction. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hamilton against Piastri, flat to the floor. As we go through Curva Grande, he's looking for that inside line. Piastri gives him the squeeze, but you've got to give a car's length. Oh, he's made contact! He's made contact off the road. They both go, and that's contact with two cars in the Grand Prix now. And damage for Oscar Piastri. Hamilton takes the place off the road. Another dramatic moment for Oscar Piastri's Grand Prix. He just turned across me in the braking. Oscar Piastri is with us now. Oscar, Lewis Hamilton. Is he on your Christmas card list still? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he apologised immediately and um, he got a penalty for it. So I'm happy he owned up to it at least. Of course, I'd, ideally it wouldn't have happened, but it's quite easy to do in that corner. We, you know, we've seen it plenty of times. So, um, no, he's uh, still on there just about. Look, Oscar, I think this has been, give, even with all of that, in the race and obviously uh, not finishing in the points but I feel this has been a really strong weekend for you and I almost want to say it's the weekend where I feel you really arrived in Formula 1 in that you outqualified your teammate you went wheel to wheel with the very best mm-hmm. and uh, is that how you feel are, are you still looking <laughs> at the positives despite not getting any points um, I, I don't know if it's my arrival in F1 weekend <laughs> so it doesn't feel like it now but um, no it's been a, a good weekend on the whole I think um, for myself you know, qualifying was was quite good. The race was well started well, and then went a bit downhill from there. But um, no, I feel like my pace this weekend's been quite good. So you know, I think from that aspect, quite happy. Okay, and what about the pace of the car going forward to Singapore? New track for you, difficult yeah. one to learn, I guess. Yeah, it, it will be difficult. Um, there's a, there's a lot of new tracks in the the next part of the well for the rest of the year for me. I think. Uh, Abu Dhabi is the only one I've actually raced at from here on in. So, um, yep, it'll be an experience, but uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we can be a bit more competitive. I think, you know, we came into this weekend knowing we'd probably be struggling a little bit more compared to some other circuits just with the, you know, the long straights, 
uh, the very slow corners. Uh, you know, that's probably the two areas where we're we still need to improve. So um, no, to come out with you know one of us in the points, both of us in the points for quite a while, you know, is not terrible. So. Um, Cool. There you go. Well, look, very well done. There'll be lots of Aussies in Singapore. They usually are. Yes. Sort yes. of second home race for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there'll be a lot of Aussies. Hopefully um, they're all out in in force, full force, supporting. So, uh, no, it'll be cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, maybe not so much the humidity and the heat, but no, it looks like it's a, a cool track, cool place. So I'm looking forward to my first Singapore Grand Prix. All right. Well done, mate. And well done this weekend as well. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Appreciate no it. He's the next big thing coming in Formula One, honestly. I always believe he's a good guy. I remember him uh, in uh, Formula Renault, in Formula 3, in Formula 2. Very impressive. I talk a lot with the, his team, Prema, he won with them in Formula 2 and Formula 3. They are still using the setup that Oscar did with them. And Andrea Stella said me a lot of time that this guy is not only impressive on track, he's impressive in the factory because his, uh, his method of work is, is fantastic. He's very dedicated to his job. I'm sure that uh, potentially he's a world champion and uh, I will be not surprised if, uh, if we fix this target because I think he's one of the best talent in the last five years. They qualified seventh and ninth here, having been on the front row at Zandvoort. Do we think Singapore will favour them a little bit more? We'll see them closer to Red uh, Bull, closer to Ferrari? Singapore is a place where experience is important. And uh, he didn't know the track, so we spent FP1 uh, probably just for understanding how the track works. Of course, simulator is good, but track is another thing. Eh? Now we're going to get two Italians together yes. here, but boys, can you keep it in English? Just Andrea, Andrea Stella, team principal of McLaren. Yes. Um, first of all, your thoughts on the collision between Oscar Piastri and Lewis Hamilton? Uh, we, we rely on the judgment of the stewards. So if the stewards thought that there was a car, a car predominantly at fault, then uh, we pretty much see the same. I don't think there's much to add, really. What about the performance of the car this weekend? Uh, encouraging. Encouraging. Actually, more encouraging in the race than in qualifying. You know, here we knew that uh, our car doesn't really fit top speed, doesn't fit low speed. Uh, and even from a ride point of view, we have work to do. But actually, in the race, we had uh, good pace. And it's a shame we were blocked by not being able to overtake uh, Albon. We were talking about Oscar. He's a very impressive guy. Are you expecting him as a race winner? soon it's not about oscar it's about mclaren giving oscar a car that can win races and i think uh, oscar and lando will take care of that with no problem at all, all, right, all right. <laughs> andrea thank you Grazie. safe travel see Grazie. you Grazie. see you in singapore lovely to have you on the show andrea stella has really impressed me as a team principal he has embraced it he is a natural leader i i, I love everything about the way he goes about the business of being team principal? He had a long experience in motorsport, first of all. And uh, I, I think that uh, he surprised me a lot when there was the, the launch of the new McLaren last winter. And he was very transparent. He said, guys, this car is not competitive. I said, it's the first time I heard something like that in the car launch. But he was very honest. I said, we understand that there was something wrong in the project. We restart with the new car that you will see in the middle of the season. And it was absolutely, absolutely right. Now, when it comes to Mercedes, great news coming into the weekend that both drivers have been re retained for another two years. Incredibly strong driver lineup. 
So I was surprised, Jesus, that both of their drivers ended up with five-second penalties in the race. Well, it's, it's surprising, but the, the thing with Mercedes is a bit like every race, it, it doesn't matter if they are performing great or not that great, they end up in, in good point positions. Here they were clearly behind Red Bull and, and Ferrari, and even though they managed to, to score a five, sixth place, that's maybe the difference between Mercedes and some other teams like Aston Martin, who they only have one car scoring points, and, and also they are not that consistent in, at every track uh, during the season. It's not an easy place, Monza. Sometimes uh, uh, it's a very small limit between big performance and the mistake today for Mercedes was quite tough. It's an hard place, and uh, yeah, two mistakes, two clear mistakes, and uh, two penalty. nothing to discuss, I think. But it happens. I, I, I only think, of course, when the car is not very competitive, you try to risk a little bit more because we are talking about two top drivers. And sometimes it's not easy for them to accept that they are not fighting for the top three. They push a little bit too much, but uh, I prefer to have this kind of driver. Now, Hamilton came out earlier in the weekend with quite an interesting line saying that Max's teammates haven't been as strong as his. And my question for the F1 Nation panel this week is, do we agree? Do we think Lewis has had harder teammates in his career than Max has had alongside Max? Do you agree, Jesus? I can only agree. Lewis had world champion teammates. I can think Jenson, Fernando, Nico Rosberg, who was a bidding for a world champion. So, yes, he's right. That doesn't mean that Max season is... It has less value, that's not true, but I would like to see, especially now with that strong Red Bull, now we compare this Red Bull with maybe the McLaren from Senna and Prost times, I would like to see uh, a great champion at uh, the same car as, as Max to see what this season can, can be about. The model at Red Bull is, is one that we've seen before with Seb Vettel and, uh, and one that we've seen before at Ferrari with Michael Schumacher in that there is an, an obvious number one driver there behind whom the team gets. I don't know, I felt Lewis was having a bit of a dig at Max and I felt it was slightly unfair, but I think Max has had some decent teammates. I don't think, you know, Daniel Ricciardo is, is not a no, he's not, not a bad driver. I don't think Sergio Perez is, is, a, is a bad driver, both, you know, both race winners. So. He had Carlos Sainz in the first season in Formula 1. Probably the message is that uh, Max uh, has uh, more than 50% of the team pushing in his side. But of course it's normal. If you have a guy that is performance like Max is doing, of course the team is pushing in his direction. If he asks to have a, a different setup, a different technical solution, if you see the result, you cannot say no. Because in terms of absolute, we are talking about a driver that has won 10 races in a row. That last mistake he did was uh, nobody's remember, probably two years ago, two years and a half ago. So it's, it's no, normal. I need to pick you up on that. He did 84 kilometers an hour in the pit lane on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big mistake. <laughs> uh, actually, it must be incredibly difficult to judge, right? When you're doing 320 down the pit straight and then suddenly and then, you've got to <laughs> slow to 80. But anyway, it was a mistake. I will say that. But look, so back to Mercedes and the job they did this weekend. They had an upgrade package in Zandvoort last weekend. Were you surprised at the gap between Mercedes and Ferrari this weekend? It's mainly track dependent, and, and we also know, you know, that, that Ferrari in Italy is like bigger, 
a bit bigger than at any other track. They were looking forward to this to this race, maybe to compensate the problems on, on some other tracks. Maybe Mercedes is not a podium contender in Monza, but I'm sure they will be a lot closer, even in front of Ferrari in tracks like Singapore, like like Austin, like Mexico, more complete tracks, not like Monza is. Look at the Alpine. It was uh, Gasly was on the podium seven days ago in Sandford, and it was a strong podium. The race pace was fantastic. This weekend, they stay probably one of the slowest cars on track. They didn't pass the Q1 with both cars. So uh, it's unbelievable sometimes. You, but honestly, it's something I like. If you Before a weekend, you don't know who is leading, who's not. It's a fantastic championship, honestly. And George Russell, I feel, has been very impressive this weekend. In fact, he's, he's been very impressive since the summer break. He said in Zandvoort how much he needed the break to get some time out, to reset mentally out-qualified Lewis Hamilton at both of these races and driven really strong races. Yeah, um, it's not a surprise that he's, he will be in Mercedes for another two years. It's fair he, that he get the same length contract as, as a seven-time world champion. He's doing a, a, a very good season. Maybe we expect more from him, but, but the car will have is, it, a limit. George uh, Russell should be fighting for, for podiums like like any other driver on the on the top of of this grid, but I expect a lot from him for the following years, and, and he's clear the natural next Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes. Were you a little surprised that they've given them both two years contracts so that they're both out of contract at the same time? I think that no question about George. He's part of the program Mercedes for a long time. The Mercedes support is his career in the junior category, so he's part of the family. The question was about Lewis. If uh, has the motivation or not to, to go ahead another two years, I'm not surprised at all. We asked, uh, you asked probably, Lewis, uh, uh, it's a question of uh, world title number eight. Uh, he said, no regrets about 2021. I'm fighting. I, I, he's here because he, he still loves to be here. He likes to be here. And uh, the passion is still there. It's not a question of mine. It's not a question of uh, the number of victories or world champions. He is enjoying. He's still enjoying to be in the form, in Formula One, the Formula One paddock. Everybody fought in the past that is watching Hollywood, is watching other scenarios. But that is the big news. He's still loving Formula One, like Fernando when he was young. Say, hey, I'm not, I'm not. I will be not here when I be 40. Because you remember Michael was here when he was 40, 41, 42. No, no, my career will finish soon. I'm not. I don't want to stay here long. He is here, and he's probably negotiating another contract. Well, what can our Spanish correspondent tell us about that? I spoke to Fernando right after Luis News and he told me a good thing. He told me I will hire Luis even when he's 80 years old. Of course, I think it's related to what happened to Fernando and Alpine when, when they prefer Piastri in a way. But he means I don't care, maybe the youngest driver in, in, on the grid or maybe the fastest Formula 2 driver. I will always prefer Luis because he's beating his teammate. So in Formula 1, the clock is the most, the most important thing, not the age. Maybe not, not even the championship you already have, but the clock and, and Lewis Hamilton is so competitive every day that there's no reason to believe that he won't be in the car for these two years and maybe a few more. What about Fernando Alonso then? This was always going to be a difficult weekend for him and Aston Martin, as proven by Lance Stroll qualifying last. But was ninth the maximum for them? Was Fernando disappointed after the race? He says ninth was the maximum. It's a bit of a, a sad race because probably he, he, he fought a lot. It was a tough one. He, he looked quite uh, tired after, after the race, but 
probably nobody noticed because it's a race where he is fighting anyone and he can get close to sixth. But in nobody, nobody behind is pushing him. It's sad because this is a car that was on the podium uh, seven days ago, but probably there will be a, also in Singapore they will be fighting for third, second place like, like it has been in, on the street track. So this is not Aston Martin track, but of course it's, it's not good when, when you are so far from, from top five, especially when you think you, you want to fight for a lot more maybe next year, you have to address this kind of, of problems on, on drag dependent tracks. And does Fernando just roll with the punches? Does he, does he find a weekend like this especially frustrating, given all the success he's had earlier in the year? It's frustrating, he said so, but this is not the season Aston Martin expected uh, in terms of good results. Seven podiums so far, probably there will be a, a few more until the end of the season. So, yeah, you can have a setback. This is not Aston Martin track. The problem will be that this repeats in, in Aston Martin's supposed tracks, like maybe was Hungar Varin, but I expect Aston to, to recover a bit. They will, they will have some upgrades in Singapore and, and two races uh, after, so this is not everything we will see from Aston Martin uh, until the end of the season. What defensive driving from Alexander Albon, who was able to keep Norris at bay all the way to the end. Albon in seventh, Norris in eighth. Yes! That was a tough one, P7. Outstanding, mate. Well done. That's probably the best one yet, I think. Oh, that was amazing. Wow. <laughs> I think we can add Norris to the list of people that hate the sight of our rear wing. Yeah. So just behind the Mercs comes the maestro, the, the tyre whisperer that is Alex Albon. I mean, another incredible weekend. OK, he qualified sixth, finished his seventh, which equals his best result of the year from Canada. It's as if this is their best track of the season. It is, but I'm impressed because one thing is have a small rear win and go for top speed here in Monza. Some teams can do that. But another thing is to keep that, that position, especially when you're fighting the whole race against the McLaren, against, against the Mercedes. It's quite a strong performance from, from Alex Albon. Maybe, maybe he's best in Formula One, even though he has some podiums when, when he was at, at Red Bull. I, I really like the Williams here. Everybody expected a strong Williams here, but you don't take for granted that a, a strong performance as Alex Albon had here on, on the Italian Grand Prix. And even... Logan Sargent, you know, he was in Q3 last year. He got into Q2 here. Okay, he made a mistake in Q2, but he seems to be making progress. And that's the message that James Vowles, the team principal, constantly gives him is you've got to, if you keep making progress race to race, you will be at Williams next year. Yeah, he's obviously proving that, that the Williams is, is progressing through the field. It's also not fair when you're a rookie that you have to compare against a driver who's been in, in Red Bull and, and who has that sort of experience, but but yeah, really a, a good weekend from, from Sargent and if he keeps doing like like he's doing so far, he may he may secure that seat for next year. James Val's team principal of Williams now. So James, you've equaled your best result of the season from Canada. What's the feeling? Uh, I'd hoped Canada was going to be uh, a one-off where my heart felt like it was going to protrude from my chest after watching <laughs> a car for 50 laps defend. As it turns out, this was worse. Um, so my, my feeling is that I'm incredibly proud of Alex. Did a great job today. He, you know, Montreal, 
Uh, we're a little bit fortunate in many regards. We had Esteban behind with a, a rear wing that was wobbly. Here, we had Lando behind and it was just duking it out. And he knew exactly what he was doing. When we got past, he immediately fought back, repassed him again. It was a, I called it a driver champions in Montreal. This was no different. He absolutely earned that seventh place. Did you think it was all fair and square? Lando was quite noisy on the radio. No, I think it was all fair and square. No, I mean, it, it's, there's one thing you can, you can say about Alex. He's respectful in terms of his racing. He gave room, didn't push people off track. Um, I, I didn't see anything wrong in his racing today. Now, look, what about the performance of the car? This sounds weird to say this, but qualifying sixth, and I felt after Quali that Alex was hoping for a little bit more. Is that how you felt? So the, the, reasons, the reasons why we felt that way is because if we wind back to Quali 1 and even Quali 2, the car was running between first to third at certain points. And it gives you the expectation to want more. But I think actually when you step back from it, what we saw was as we went down the compounds, down the softer compounds, we struggled more and more to keep those positions. Conversely, Ferrari moved forward for that matter. And so I think where we had our car, it sort of looked better than it did in Q1 and that set expectations. I'm incredibly happy with the way it qualified. I think that's where the car was, absolutely. It's very easy to look, look forward and go, yeah, but a tenth would have gained us two. Conversely, a tenth backwards would have lost two. We were exactly where the car should have been. You've got a bit of space in the Constructors' Championship now, P7. Are you even looking at positions in the Constructors' Championship or just taking it race by race? Just, just taking it race by race. I mean, the, the truth behind it is the number of points we have is fantastic, but they can be easily overwhelmed in just one race by our counterparts behind us. Um, I don't take anything for granted right now. Um, I'm happy that we're, we're there. I think it's a fair reflection on the amount of work that's gone in from the factory, from the track, and, and from Alex and Logan this year. I know Logan's name isn't up there on the points board, but he was five seconds away from points again this race. That makes me happy but I'm not here to fight for eighth, ninth, seventh in the Constructors' Championship. I'm here to do more, and uh, my hopes are that that's what we were talking about in, in years to come. I love that. All the Williams fans will love that as well. James, thank you very much. Thank you. Safe travel. See you at the next one. The drivers are obviously growing in confidence, but away from them, it is a team that is growing in confidence as well, isn't it? I, you look at all the messaging that James Valls puts out. He said it's all about growing in confidence. You can do this. We are good enough. You've all been down in the dumps for the last few years, but you know we're a team on the move, and I want you to believe in that. Yeah, you see the tendency. It's, it's a bit like what happened at McLaren. You see a, a team progressing. You don't see that, for example, in Haas. You don't see that maybe in Alfa Romeo, but then you see the Williams fighting for places that at the, at the start of the season they were not even close enough. So it, it's a good thing to have Williams back on, on track and, and fighting for, for maybe one day, maybe they will fight him for podiums as, as McLaren has has been capable of. Well, and as they said uh, last weekend, there are going to be no more new bits on that car this year. The entire focus back at Grove is on 2024. So good luck with the progress with that. Now, what about Alfa Romeo? They had a stunning new livery this weekend. Both drivers came to Monza saying, it's high time we scored points again. And Valtteri Bottas managed to do that with 10th place. But Joe was right with him. And he's right with me now. Joe, first of all, let's walk through it in chronological order. The livery, first of all, stunning. Yeah, so yeah, firstly, obviously, it's it's a special event for us to be together, just more special with Sauber and Alfa Romeo, their last, let's say, home race together. So it's, it's, it's insane, the livery, I like it. And then you came here, new front suspension, and I think I can say this, a slightly hair-raising 
start to the weekend in practice, but you seem to dial the car in over the rest of the weekend. Yeah, it's actually been one of the most trickiest Friday I ever had in Formula One, but uh, it's nice to see the progress we made throughout the, the run. You know, today we had a chance for the points together with both cars, and there's about, you know, who makes the right choice in the pit window, so yeah. We saw a lot of cars, a lot of racing today. Um, I was surprised at how easy you guys were able to follow. Yeah, actually, we was very competitive together, just ahead of the Alpine guys. And then the rest of the field, we was there with them. So I feel like uh, we made a step. We're normally going a little bit backwards, racing races during the long steam, but uh, it was the op opposite weight this weekend. And, and is that due to the front suspension or? I mean, the suspension is more like a feeling for the tires, but uh, in terms of the load, we're not really game match with the suspension so it's more like a small upgrade but the big one is coming next race so all right well get you back in the points at the next race joe thank you very thank much you. for your time right, Look, safe travels we'll see you at the next one now i love a good super sub hazus and i feel liam lawson he deserves that accolade now um two really strong races for him and it was really interesting to see him evolve and develop having a whole grand prix weekend here in italy which of course wasn't the case in Holland last weekend. Yeah, and, and it's a bit surprising how Formula One can change in, in two races because we were obviously talking about Daniel Ricciardo being back here and, and being strong and maybe proving himself a Red Bull contender for the future. And now we're speaking about Liam Lawson being a great super sub, uh, maybe a, an option for, for Alpha Tauri for next year and even a problem for Ricciardo when he, when he comes back because He's proving to be a, a really promising driver and he's younger and, and of course when you're young in Formula 1 you have a, a future in front of you, you can improve, you can progress and you can become a, a great contender. While we already know what Daniel Ricciardo is capable of, so I'm really, I'm really happy that Formula 1 has discovered a, a new future Formula 1 driver because I'm sure this, this, it won't be only two races, three, four races for Liam Blauson in Formula 1. I think Helmer on I think Helmut Marco, unfortunately, is long since left. But a question that I'd love to ask him is Yuki Tsunoda and Liam Lawson, in that you know, Liam has come in his first full race weekend. He was only two tenths off Yuki in qualifying. He put together a very consistent, impressive race as well. And if you're Helmut Marco and you're always looking for the next big thing, the next one, is Yuki still the next one in his eyes or has it suddenly become Liam? And I'd love to put that question to him, but what do you think? Oh, I'm not Helmut Marco. I cannot give <laughs> you the best answer, but uh, yeah, of course, Yuki is not that young driver anymore. He has plenty of experience in Formula One. He was close to Gasly until last year and of course, being close to a strong driver puts you on a safe space. You can take it easier and nobody will notice maybe if you're not at the, at the level the car uh, has. But now he has a, he has a ref we have a reference between Yuki and, and Liam Lawson and, and it will be interesting to see who is ahead and which, which, how big is the difference. And maybe Liam Lawson is, is fighting for a seat in Alfa Tauri next year and that will be quite interesting to well, see. I think that's the point. I think we've seen enough from Liam already in that given how impressive he was in the wet at Zandvoort that we now have three drivers vying for two seats at Alpha Tauri next year. Do you stick with Daniel Ricciardo as the experienced benchmark or do you go for the two rookies? So the top 10 look like this. Max Verstappen made it win 10 in a row, the 47th victory of his Formula One career. 
Sergio Perez was second to give Red Bull their sixth 1-2 of the season, and local hero Carlos Sainz came third, his first podium of this 2023 season. Charles Leclerc was fourth, and George Russell was the first Mercedes home in fifth, despite that five-second penalty, and Lewis Hamilton was sixth, also with a five-second penalty. Alex Albon equaled his best result of the year in seventh, with Lando Norris eighth, Fernando Alonso ninth, and Valtteri Bottas getting his first point since the Canadian Grand Prix in 10th. In the Drivers' Championship, it's still a Red Bull 1-2. Max Verstappen on 364 points, 145 points ahead of Sergio Perez. Fernando Alonso is still third, but he's just six points now ahead of Lewis Hamilton in fourth. Carlos Sainz is fifth, just six points ahead of his teammate Charles Leclerc, with George Russell seventh, Lando Norris eighth, Lance Stroll ninth, and Pierre Gasly tenth. In the Constructors' Championship, Red Bull continue to dominate. They have 583 points, 310 points ahead of Mercedes in second. Ferrari are now third, 11 points ahead of Aston Martin in fourth. With McLaren all alone in fifth on 115 points, Alpine sixth on 73, Williams consolidating that seventh place with 21 points, Haas are eighth, Alfa Romeo ninth, and Alfa Tauri remain tenth with three points. Any other business, shall we call it that? Uh, well, the talking points are Formula One saying goodbye to Europe, long flights coming back to ourselves also. I mean, quite a nice race. I, I think it's, it's good that Formula One finds interesting talking points, apart from Max winning every every Sunday. Especially when, when you see that, for example, Alpine was, was on the podium in Sandboard. They were that close to, to Max and Fernando, and suddenly they are out in, in Q1. They have no top speed at all, and, and they find themselves in a quite tough situation after this Italian Grand Prix. I was really surprised at the cooling Alpine had to run on their engine. If, if you looked at the side of their bodywork, it was like a shark, the number of gills they had to have to cool that engine. It must have made it very inefficient aerodynamically. And they've already spoken that their engine is 20 horsepower down on the other ones. And so the combination of lack of aero in a straight line because of those gills and the lack of power, it was always going to be a difficult one for them. Yeah, I must say that the fastest thing uh, Alpine brought here was Vinicius Junior, Real Madrid player. I saw them. I saw him on the grid. Ah, uh, me too. Did you uh, get a picture with him? I didn't because <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, the race is—it's the same. They won't blame just the engine. In the end, it's the same car that was on the podium in Sandboard. So this is what Formula One uh, is now. It, we have a, a huge Red Bull, the, the biggest car so far, but. We see changes every every weekend, and, and probably they will be fighting for top five, maybe for top ten uh, in two weeks' time in, in Singapore. Yeah, that is why we love Formula One. As Roberto said earlier, it is a stunning world championship, yeah, you can isn't keep it? Checo. You can keep Checo, and it's still a quite open championship. I, I mean, how, how many cars would have won races if not the Red Bull? It's amazing. It's really a good season, and, and I see it, and I feel it, because the fans are still following this season with hype. Even though one driver won the last 10 races in a row. Well, gentlemen, it has been fantastic to have you both on the show. Thank you. Before you go, I need to know your driver of the day, Roberto. Carlos Sainz got the official vote on the telly. Who was your driver of the day? Alexander Albon. People is mentioning him, but not as he deserved. So I want to use this opportunity to say, Alexander, he's doing a fantastic job, honestly. He improved a lot during the season, the team as well. I'm very surprised about uh, 
his job this year. And uh, I think he's one, Formula One has not the problem with the quality of the drivers. I think we have a, a grade that is very, very high quality. And Alex is one of the example of this trip. Who is your driver today, Jesus? I'll go official today, Asubi Carlos. He had to defend for 53 laps. It's, it's amazing. Uh, he had to defend from Max, from Checo, from, from Charlotte in the last lap. I really enjoyed this race and I'm quite happy after watching it, so it has to be Carlos. I'm going to go for the obvious one and say Max Verstappen, guys, because 10 in a row. I wish he'd get more excited about it. I don't think he's as excited about his, no, his no. 10 in a row as I am. But no. anyway, he... Um, you know, the way he controlled it, he was patient when he needed to be patient. He applied pressure when he needed to apply pressure. It was the mark of the man. It was a wonderful, wonderful race by him. So nice that we've all come up with different people. Thanks, Tom. Uh, <laughs> guys, thank you very thank much you. for your time. Great to have you on the show. Let's check in with our F1 fantasy team now, F1 Nation Racing. After our best weekend of the season in Zandvoort, we made no changes to our team for Monza. So Verstappen, Alonso, Norris, Piastri and Albon, with Red Bull and McLaren as our constructors. And that lot earned us 242 points in total. Not quite as good as last week, but we have moved up to 880th in the F1 Nation World Championship. Well, hey! At the front, MLN Racing continues to lead the way with 4,417 points, while the Incident 2.0 has leapfrogged Blank GP into second place, so a feisty battle for the podium places is shaping up nicely with just eight races to go. And remember, F1 Fantasy is completely free to play and you can join our league at any time. Just go to fantasy.formula1.com and search for the F1 Nation World Championship to compete against us and other listeners. F1 Nation is produced by Formula One and Audio Boom Studios.